All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. About 25 episodes ago, we started sharing more than the sheets. And initially, it was a passion project and a way for me to be able to spread the word and reach as many people as possible. 25 episodes in, I have had the privilege to not only talk to experts in their field, but even see the effect that some of the shows have had on some people's lives, Um, some of them being clients of mine, some even just being friends. It is such a fulfilling feeling when I talk to somebody and they just bring up the podcast, say, hey, I listened to that episode and I actually learned something from it because a lot of time and effort does go into producing the show. And Sometimes I do wonder if people are actually listening. A couple of months ago, we were number 53 in Australia on the Apple podcast charts um, for business podcasts. And that was for me, you know, that blew me away. And it was very encouraging to see that. And I get a lot of feedback. There's especially initially there was, it's been a very steep learning curve. And one of the questions that I do get a fair bit is, Michael, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, where did you start? What do you currently do? Um, some people that listen, many people that listen actually aren't clients of mine. So they have literally no idea where I'm even based. So I thought we'd do an episode just talking about my journey um, and how I got to where I am today. And I thought there's no better way to actually do it and talk about it than to have my mate Shailen Ramnath with me joining us. So Shay. Thanks for... Hi, Michael. Thanks for being no. here. Pleasure to, uh, to be here. Obviously, I've listened to a couple of episodes and uh, just a disclaimer for the audience that's listening to this episode, it's probably going to be a little bit lighter than the previous ep- episodes, not that the, the other episodes were heavier, but just uh, a little bit more um, of a friendship rather than a business relationship, but uh, hopefully entertaining and some lessons to be taken out of these as well. Hopefully, hopefully. And, and not just that, but I mean, uh, for those that don't know, Shailen Ramnath is a financial advisor. Um, he has been advising for longer than I have. He's actually the one that got me into advice. So years ago, me and Shay were working, let's just say for a very well-known telecommunications company um, in a call center. Um, and our job was to literally call people up and convince them to come back. And it was it was interesting. I, I think I, I sort of started working there. It was just after the GFC. And it was a, a very weird time and talking to people, getting into it, it. It's definitely not an easy gig working in a call center, calling people up. But I, I think it sort of taught us a lot about ourselves and communicating to people and um, what it meant. But it's, uh, there's, it's, and it's, been, it's definitely been fun as well. I mean, like, to be honest with you, it sort of reminded me of being back at school sometimes. Would you agree? Yeah, I think for us, it was about, uh, and even today, it's about the relationships that you, you know, carve into your into your life over a period of time. And that period in our lives was, you know, single, we didn't have kids, 
we weren't married, so there was a lot more opportunity that we could um, throw ourselves at. And when you're throwing yourself in an opportunity and you've got the ability to pull in people who are like-minded, sometimes the victory is always sweeter because you can enjoy it with somebody else and the empathy levels are through the roof. So I think, yeah, at that point in our lives, it it did feel like I was at school because um, we got to enjoy the victories together. Yeah, definitely. And it was just like, it was a fun atmosphere and it was, it was an interesting atmosphere. Um, probably won't get into the specifics of it, but it was, it, it, we definitely learned a lot about ourselves and as a, just even just, I mean, because literally it was, we were building relationships with people over the phone. Um, and uh, we all know everybody loves telemarketers, right? Um, but it was interesting, like, you know, literally going from, Hey, I know you're having dinner, but I just want to talk to you to, <laughs> okay, sweet. We're family now we're friends, you know? So it's, yeah. yeah. You know? And then I think you told me one day that you started to study financial planning and, or you were studying financial planning. And I thought, Oh yeah, well, I've always been into money and I've always, I've been reading books and so I was 14 about money, but it didn't really occurred to me as something that I'd actually like. And then I think one day you were sitting down showing me this thing, these, these figures and, Oh, did you know, if you do this, you can save this much tax. And then if you invest things this way, you can actually do it. And I was like, hold on a second, this is actually pretty cool. And it just sort of grew from there. And at the time, to be honest with you, I actually didn't like many people, even our clients, I didn't actually know what a financial planner even was. Um, it was just, I knew that had something to do with money, but that was about it. Um, but as I said, once you actually figure out what it is, it's once I figured out what it was, I found that it really fit into the things that I like to do. And, you know, it fit within that purpose of helping people. Cause I think you've always been like that as well, Shay. I remember whenever I needed help with something, you were literally the first person to jump on. And I think as yeah, financial think advisors, it's, would you agree that it's sort of like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a trait in a way that we, we have that urge to just to help people because if we just see that somebody needs something or we can sort of make a difference in someone's lives, we'd normally, I don't know, I just can't shut up sometimes. I just can't hold it in if I can. Well, actually... I, think, I think, yeah, I definitely agree with you because I feel like all of us, we all have instincts to want to do certain things and, you know, we've all been blessed with certain characteristics and mannerisms and things that enhance our career to get us to the point that we get to and then sometimes we plateau and then sometimes we excel because we learn how to harness those skills and shape them to allow us to get the best um, out of ourselves. So I think Mm. there's definitely that internal journey that exists and we were fortunate enough to work at um, a telecommunications company where it only had one muscle that we could flex and that was the communications. We had no face-to-face interaction we just had the voice on the other side of the phone and we had to convey trust empathy and understanding humor we had a very short window to do all of that and I think because we did two things we had a short amount of time to do that because these phone calls never lasted uh, typically an hour or half an hour there were only five to ten minute phone calls Mm. and secondly the volume of calls that we would make would automatically give us the ability to appreciate the concept of resilience. And I think a combination of those two things uh, and our personalities and our, you know, inane or innate skill sets of what we thought we were good at at the time, which was talking, propelled us to the top. And that's why we we battled for number one and number two um, for the duration that we were there. We were, I I think at one stage, we hit the peak and we were not only number one and two, 
in the States, but I think we were number one in, in the country. country. Yeah, we were. And yeah. and is, is it's funny, you brought up an interesting point. So at the time, yes, what we were earning was great, but one of the first books I ever read, first business books, um, I think I was literally nearly 14. It was called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And a lot of people listening to this have probably heard <laughs> of that book. And something he says is that you should work to learn, not to earn, you know, and um, even if what we were earning wasn't that amazing, what we learned from it is something like we use today. Like, I mean, literally talking to people and trying to understand what they, what their needs are and what their wants are and learning to have that discussion and to be able to, I mean, just people skills, you know? Yeah. I mean, the one thing, the one thing that I feel our, skill set and our occupation offers is that we have been pulled into or walked into an industry where it is fundamentally a relationship game at the height of every um, career, right? Because you look at doctors, you look at lawyers, you look at accountants, and you think about the relationships that these people have had um, with their patients or clients. You know, doctors are a good example because it's not uncommon for a doctor to have a patient for 10 years or 20 years or even look after generations. But it's very uncommon for a doctor to see a patient every three months consistently over 10 years, yep. just like lawyers, just like accountants, you know. So I guess for us, we've been given uh, such a privilege to, to be invited into people's homes, you know, and, and that's why I think our career is probably one of the few that, that are purely based on relationships. I mean, yeah. that's... And trust. We work in an industry, yeah, where we're, all the financial products, for the most part, are fairly homogenous. Mm. All the insurance products, for the most part, are fairly homogenous. So the thing that separates all of us as advisors is relationships. Mm. And, you know, conceptually, I think we, as humanity, because of Facebook and Instagram and, you know, all the technology that is supposed to be connecting us together is is actually... Um, moving us further apart and letting us forget about the key reason that I believe we exist, which is, you know, to form relationships, you know. The moments in life that you remember the most are the memories, not the cars, not the houses, not the jewellery, but the memories. And I guess, you know, those, those two components, I think, work well together. And then when you couple that with a good personality and, being able to talk like you and I, then we, we tend to, to flourish in our industry um, because we fundamentally focus on relationships. Yeah. And in financial planning, so much of it is numbers. Um, so it's, I mean, I even find it hard sometimes to step back from the numbers and just, you know, simplify things in human terms um, when like yeah. analyzing someone's situation and but yeah, couldn't agree more. Like relationships is, is massive. And, um, and for think- all the lawyers listening and the doctors listening and the accountants listening, I still value what you guys do. So I, I'm not insinuating in any shape um, or form that the services that you provide are less of a, you know, value. It's just that with what we do, it's, it's, it's a consistent year in year out pro process where we see people we've got manners uh, mechanisms and uh, we've also got you know legislative requirements that require us to communicate with our with our clients on a, on a quarterly or yearly basis or even half yearly basis and then send them documents and 
do a, there's even a term called know your client in financial planning where fundamentally that is a big basis for giving advice. So yeah, not trying to detract from any other yeah, occupations, no, just trying to highlight that we are, we are advisors yeah. and no, no, I mean, relationships I, are core. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, yeah. And, and they are t- in a way, it is hard to put them both in the same boat, you know, a financial planner with a doctor, you know, or another profession like that. But I think that um, I do get the point you're coming from. Like as financial advisors, we we're there for the good time and the bad times. Um, literally, like I mean, we when we're giving someone advice, we literally go through um, someone's financial life, personal life, their goals, their needs, what they yeah. want, their aspirations. Yeah, that's that's and- a much better way of approaching it. I think we're there for the births, the deaths, and the marriages. You know, we're there yeah. for the finances. We're there for their health. We're there for for a lot of parts, but I, I think, you know, ideally what I'm trying to illustrate here is that all of this is based on a core value, which is relationships and, you know, being able to, to incorporate that in whatever you do, whether it's finance, whether it's health, whether it's, you know, the monotony of everything that we do uh, can sometimes be maybe alleviated by us being able to reach out and just be a little bit more human. I think we've forgotten how to be humans and being switched off from the world since COVID hit and that's isolated us even more. And so when you don't use a muscle, it doesn't, you know, grow from strength to strength. So I feel like we've been given the opportunity because of, you know, this pandemic to reconnect and reset a few of the things that typically we wouldn't focus on. And I think the benefits from that are going to be, um, you know, they're going to be far more lifelong memories rather than those other things that we can accumulate like the cars and the houses and and i appreciate that but there's a point where you know those stuff that stuff can either consume you or you can overcome it and sometimes i've had a few friends who've had cancer in their 30s and their attitude post-cancer is phenomenal because it's all based now on lifestyle it's all based on going away and trying to squeeze as much time as they can with their family you know, and uh, and grief will do that. That's the other thing. So, uh, illness and grief. If you lose somebody that's really close to you, um, you have the opportunity to reconnect with what's really important. And I think, hopefully, out of this podcast, people can take a away that not getting to that stage of having cancer or not having to that to lose somebody to to realize that the really important things is not things. You know, the most important things in life aren't things. And unfortunately, we live in a world where things are constantly highlighted and um, everybody wants to look beautiful. Everybody wants to drive the fancy cars. And there's a song that I've been listening to by Jay-Z who talks about, you know, people holding money to their ear and how he refers to that as that's not how we measure money or wealth. And, And he's just hit billionaire status. So I think, you know, we've just we've caught up in a little bit of a bubble in a world and and I just feel like uh, coming back to our roots is going to do us a world of good. Yeah, agreed. So, Michael, just to give people context as to what's actually happening on the inside, you know, there's lots of legislative changes, there's lots of uh, government regulation that's been brought in, education requirements. The exodus of financial advisors has been uh, massive and so... With everybody leaving in the industry, what what's making you stay? Um, yeah, it's uh, you bring up a good point. Um, I think we had twenty five thousand advisors at the height of our industry, which I think was about three or four years ago, um, and they mm-hmm. estimate and this is 
Australia-wide. And the last estimates that I saw is that there's going to be about 15,000 advisors um, in about three or four years. So it's, it's definitely becoming a bit more challenging than before to be an advisor. For me personally, it's, it's the personal satisfaction that I get from helping someone which keeps me going, you know, literally seeing someone, and I'm sure you can relate to this in so many ways, just seeing, meeting somebody for the first time and then watching them progress. Like what we said before, being there for the good times and the bad times, whether it's telling them Mm. that they've just been approved for an insurance claim or helping them manage, you know, a pickle that they've gotten themselves into financially. Um, Or even, as I said, if it's just watching them progress year by year and helping them monitor their changes and seeing that they're doing better, that's, probably that to me that's probably what keeps me going because i can't think of any other profession that i could personally do that would give me that same feeling these podcasts have been brought to you by better financial planning australia to book a free 15 minute phone chat visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au so what would you say to somebody coming into the industry going michael i want to be a financial advisor i've read um up up on it and i've read extensively on some news articles and watch some YouTube videos, but I've also listened to your podcast. So what advice would you have for people coming into advice? Yeah, I'd say find a good mentor uh, or, or find mm. or when you do start working, work for someone that you connect with or somebody that you feel comfortable working with so that they can teach you their ways. Because what we what, learn at what uni... What about somebody... Yeah. What we learn at uni is literally only, I think, 20% of what we do. The rest is um, emotional. The rest is learning to talk to people. The rest is the industry, products, what's happening out there in the market. And that's literally changing every single day. Um, so I think having a good mentor and having someone there to guide you makes a really big difference because you, you can't beat experience. And what would you say to somebody coming into the industry that's a little bit older? So instead of a you know young grad in their 20s, somebody in their mid-30s who's enjoyed life as a chef or worked as a carpenter or, you know, something different, completely not related to finance. What would you say to an older person considering? Same thing. Honestly, I I can't think of any other bit of advice I can give apart from that. And, and it's one of those things. If, if somebody's attracted to this profession for the right reasons, they'll continue doing what they're doing. Um, And Mm. they'll, they'll, they'll do the work. They'll do the professional year that we need to do now. They'll, They'll do the study um, and they'll get to a point where they can advise Australians and help families, you know, do better. And taking it on a more micro level, what would you say in a, in a, in a, in a daily life of Michael, what does that look like from a, from a working, you know, perspective? What does it look like? What's Chaos. a daily work life? Chaos. It's... Um... Chaos is a, pers- a personal life. Um, so I've got three children, um, for those that don't know, and an amazing, supporting, beautiful wife. Um, well, I'd like to think she's amazing, beautiful, and supportive. And she's all of those, all of those. <laughs> and um, I'll wake up. Our youngest is two, um, turning three in August, I think. I hope so. And um, he'll wake us up at normally 5 30 6 o'clock in the morning wanting breakfast which we just have no choice because he'll just literally jump on us so that's an early start for me um, um morning we would normally be sometimes feeding the chooks as well um before the day starts and 
getting the kids ready for school and heading straight into the office. Um, since COVID, a lot of my appointments have been online. Um, so because a lot of people just prefer it for convenience they've, and they've just become comfortable with having online meetings. So sometimes I'll just work from home um, or sometimes I'll head into the office and I'll normally work from about nine till about two or three-ish, pick up the kids from school, spend time with them in the afternoons. Um, and once they're in bed, I'll do a couple of hours of work at night. Um, so that's sort of been me for the last, probably the last four years, five years, um, which which is good because I feel like, yes, I'm, I am I work day and, and night in a way, but at the same time, I get to see my children grow up and um, I'm blessed to be able to to be there for them as much as I possibly can, you know, so um, and, and that's me and weekends is just family and what weekends are for any family with children. What about yourself? Is it, would you say it's almost the same or? I think, yeah, like uh, daily life for me is a little bit different. I made a decision, um, after I had a few, um, just a few people that I loved, I lost them. And then I also had, um, a couple of, you know, good friends with cancer. So I've made a commitment to try and squeeze my five day week into a four day week. And that at the best of times has been challenging. Um, but after about six weeks of trying to cram that in, I've um, <clears throat> managed to do all my work in three and a half or four days. And then the most difficult thing is trying to allocate things to do on the fifth day. And for me, um, I've almost got to that point where I can start enjoying it and traveling and going away and having long weekends. So <clears throat> definitely something that takes a lot of effort. And uh, once you get there, you know, trying to manage the expectation of not bogging yourself down with work and feeling less guilty about going somewhere has been uh, quite a, quite a challenge, but nonetheless super rewarding. So I'm I'm striving for a for a five day weekend, and at the moment it's sitting at a or a four day weekend, and at the moment sitting at a three day week a weekend. So I think for me it's just to really hone in on that family time and. As you know, being a father of three kids, those younger years are just so, they're so impressionable, but also as a parent, there's so many moments that happen when they're younger, you know, and uh, and as they get older, there's many other influences and it, you may not be there as much compared to when you're absorbed in their lives. So I guess for me, that's what a uh, three or four day work week looks like. And like you, you're doing those massive hours of seven to seven and then you come back at seven and you work for another two hours. That's not uncommon, but uh, we're trying to do that less and less and spending more time with the family is, is definitely um, a priority. So I just wanted to, to highlight one thing you brought up. You know, you talked about what keeps you going. In five years time, what, um, what do you think the industry is going to look like? And, um, and then after that, we can get a bit personal and, where do you see yourself in five years? How do you see all of this involving in terms of your family and, and our careers and things like that? In five years, I think our jobs will probably become more and more important um, because as the legislation changes and as tax situations change and as superannuation rules change, for example, I mean, that essentially they're keeping us in the job, which helps. Um, so I think we're always going to be needed. Um, and I think a technology is going to play a bigger part in how we interact with people um, and how we provide advice. But I feel like that human element will always be there because, you know, as I said, you can't replace human emotion, you know, and um, I think that, if anything, advisors will start doing more 
for clients. You know, they'll start advising in more areas and be able to um, either be specialists in a particular field, but still outsource and work with other professionals to be able to look at someone's life more holistically. Because for me, since I started advising holistic advice, you know, looking at lifestyle advice, looking at someone's whole circumstance and talking about not just one particular part of their financial lives has been massive for me. Um, and I think that's just going to become bigger and bigger. And in terms of you and your personal, whether it's work or family or both, what do you think that looks like <clears throat> in five years? What type of planner do you think you'll be? Yeah, I have hopefully no different to I am today. Hopefully no different because I, I can't think of any other situation or any other position I'd rather be in um, than being able yeah. to do what I do now. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. What about yourself? Listen, I think I'm still on a self-discovery journey, just trying to figure out exactly what I want that picture to look like. And I think for me, stepping away from the business, stepping away from family and allocating maybe half a day or a day to myself once a month, just to begin to unclutter my mind and get rid of all the noise, gives me clarity to paint what that picture looks like. So for me, I'm on that journey and I'm looking forward to, uh, prepping to get to a space in my mind where I can see what that looks like. So yeah. I think yeah. in five years, I'll still be on that journey. But, uh, but right now and over the next couple of years, I just want to refine those processes. Do, do you think we'll always be on that journey? journey? Yeah, listen, there's, there's a triple L lifelong learning um, concept that we learned at uni. And I think there's a, a small amount of people that will tap into the mind and uh, how much that the capacity to grow exists in the mind compared to the physical going to the gym or exercising or, you know, you can only push your body so much before you have to start putting supplements and steroids and, and things in your body that will enhance you. But the mind is different. The mind is more of a, an open tree with endless supply of water and soil and sunlight. And so the roots can go as deep and uh, as long as, as, as the mind can take it and the branches can do the same thing. They can go as high and as wide as, as the mind can take it. So I think absolutely lifelong learning is something that exists. Whether people choose to tap into that, I don't know that a lot of people do. I think that we're, we're a little bit as a society concerned about how much we have, and I'm definitely guilty of this at times, and, and providing for our family, and that is fundamentally important, and I understand and appreciate that concept, but I just feel like there's a there's more opportunity for us to go on journeys internally rather than externally, and the fulfillment that we get out of that is is unbelievable. There's there's this 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 um this guy who does a lot of yoga and meditation who talks about you know, an idiot will do something that he really doesn't like and continue doing that forever. And uh, a smart person or intelligent person will find something that they love doing it. And, you know, they'll get snippets of happiness throughout their life. And, and a genius, a genius will figure out what they can do to provide a service to better humanity because it's not about them. And so I think those are just three levels that we can journey on and, and that we can almost directly take that and put it in our in our daily lives and on you know what we do and what we don't do which might be confronting for some but i think that's the reality of you know the journey of the mind yeah no that's interesting i, I um 
that uh, it's a lot deeper than I thought we'd get today, but it brings up a really, like you, you bring up a couple of really good points. Um, and I think whoever's listening to this is definitely going to start. Yeah, it'll definitely plant a couple of seeds in their minds. That's for sure. Because um, it's, it is a good way to look at things. And as I said, I think we're always on that journey. And I think that it's um, different things are important to different people, but it's about trying to work out your why, you know, and a lot of this, uh, my episode last week, actually titled the gecko and the moth. Um, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but it's, I, I talk a lot about someone reaching their full potential and in understanding why they're actually doing what they're doing. So it's um, yeah, very timely that you mentioned that. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's everything. I'd love to do this again. So maybe in about six to 12 weeks, we uh, pick up another conversation and, uh, and see where that takes us. Yeah. And yeah. And hopefully it won't take us two hours to work out how to get the technology right as well. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. were going to say something when I cut you off just then? No, I think uh, I think it's um, it's important to to listen to things like this on a consistent basis and keep coming back to um, things that make you want to become bigger on the inside and explore more concepts and ideas that you wouldn't ordinarily do. And uh, if you enjoy this podcast and like me, you've listened to all of the episodes by the lizard and the moth, you know, you, you can okay. you can keep coming back to these things because you'll find sometime having a constant in your life will enable you to open doors that you didn't ordinarily uh, invite into your life. And those doors could be doors of opportunity. Well said. Well said, Shay. And, and one last thing um, before we finish off, I, I always finish off my episodes with a dad joke. Um, why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they're golfing? Probably because they get wet. I don't uh, know. In, in case they get a hole in one. <laughs> I think I can appreciate that more because I'm a dad. But I'm not sure I'd appreciate that. Well, you, you play golf, golf too, don't you? But yeah. yeah we oh, do. there you go. Oh, there you go. So it's um, very fitting. Um, I was yeah. expecting more of a reaction, but I guess that's the dad joke for you. So. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it, heaps, mate. No worries. Thanks for joining us on sharing more than the sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.